I'm Gab. He's Jules. You're turning towards blue skies over yeah, over nice. West London. Certainly not over Stamford Bridge. Jules, nope. what a weekend! Bayern Munich humiliated. Humiliated. Manchester United humiliated. humiliated. Milan made to look very very foolish. <laughs> um, but I think oh, and, and and City scared. Yeah. Arsenal losing. I mean, there's a lot to get. It through. was a crazy weekend. But I mean, we have to start in Catalonia. Because people make a big deal out of this stat, but I was thinking about it. This is pretty remarkable. Other than Espanyol, on no team from Catalonia until Sunday night yeah. had beaten Barcelona since 1993. Now, to be fair, there's all these weirdos, Yeda, Los Pitanet, Yeah, there's not whatever. many teams. There's not that many, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a slightly fugazi stat, but, but, still. But, but it matters a lot. Yeah. Girona go, they win, uh, they, they win big. Not at the camp now because they don't play there. They play at the uh, Montjuic. Um, and they're top of the table. And many of us, me, I'll be the first one to hold my hand up, had said, all right, I want to see them when they start playing good teams. Well, this is a good team. This is yeah. a good team. It's away from home. It's a local derby. They win. They're top of the table. Um, I, I don't want to overstate the significance here, but it's big. It's massive, and they were really good value for their win too. Barca had a, a decent second half, I thought, with some couple of decent chances, and Lewandowski could have scored again more than the one goal that he had. He should have probably. The goal he scored was a really, really good header. The one he missed was a really bad header. In fact, it was, it was more a shoulder. Of a shoulder. Yeah, exactly. But but I take nothing away from Girona's performance because they were great from start to finish. Uh, the starter did a really good job, to be fair, to be 2-1 up. Then the sub did a really good job. Stuani scoring, Valeri scoring too. And Mitchell, I think, is getting just everything right. The informed players are carrying this team everywhere on the pitch. And, and even all his in-game management is working too. So it's, you know, it's one of those moments where you, f you must feel invincible. No. You must feel that you go everywhere and you cannot lose. And they've won 13 games out of 16, one defeat against Real Madrid where actually it was, they lost 3-0 but it was a quite an even game if you remember they had yeah. higher XG than, than Real Madrid I think or very close and then two draws and that's it they're top of the table with 41 points Gab it's, uh, it's absolutely incredible what's going on and I want to I, I want to get too lost in this but also just for the historical context of, of, of Girona um, people who have never been to that part of the world might know Girona or even if they have been they might go oh Girona that's, that's an airport right uh, <laughs> now uh, Girona to Barcelona is a little bit like Newark to New York City right it's, yeah. it's kind of yeah, yeah. It, it's a big place but the people but you know not that long ago this, they were in the sixth tier yeah, yeah. Uh, of, uh, of, of the Spanish football pyramid um, it's a small town 100,000 people live there yeah I mean there's a lot of people around there but it's, I think, psychologically, Girona is also the airport where the cheapo airlines land because Barcelona <laughs> have their own airport. But if you go take the budget, you know, that's what that, that's what they know it for. That yeah. and basketball, uh, where where they actually have a great tradition. Yeah. Um, so I think psychologically, and and people have said, you know, a lot of Girona fans are Barcelona fans. So they're Barcelona fans. Course, are like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't be bothered to go into town this weekend or whatever. I couldn't get a ticket. I'll go watch my local team, Girona. Right. Um, and they'll probably support Barcelona when they're on TV. Yeah. But now, I, I think this is what makes it so hard psychologically for Xavi. And, and you said before, you fear for him? You mean fear that... I'm a bit worried. I'm worried because... What worries you? So that they might not finish top four? The lack of consistency in their performance. So they're capable of a very good hour against Real Madrid, a very good hour against Atletico Madrid, 
and then there's games where they're just completely just not there or certainly not at the level that you would expect them to be or at the level that they were before in those games I mentioned I worry that it doesn't seem at time to understand the situation after the game against Girona he said the line that they are in transition. This is his third season. What, what transition? Where do you transition from? What, from Messi leaving? From you arriving at the club three years ago? What is the transition that he's talking about? I don't understand. So I don't want him to be in denial of where this team is, which he is right now. You have to say among the top four, Girona, Real Madrid, Atletico and them, they are the, the worst team of the four. You, the other three are better than them. Some might say Real Sociedad are better than them too. Well, yeah. Some might say. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'd go that far. But what really struck me about this was, and look, I, I thought Barcelona did create a lot. If, if this game had finished 5-4 to Barcelona, I don't think it would have been a scandal at all. The problem is the four goals conceded. I thought defensively, they were seriously all over the shop. And yeah, some mistakes of that, everywhere. Some of that has to do, people made a big deal out of, out of Miguel Gutierrez coming inside. Also late in the game, when, when we see Alejandro Balde playing a, uh, effectively playing it at centre-back. Now, I understand why I did that, Joel Cancelo attacking, whatever. Take, take, but come on, yeah. seriously? Uh, and Joel Kounde, I thought, another bad performance from him. Um, I don't want to dump it all on him. No, but, but again, uh, I think there's also the third level. goal is the one that killed the game, and that's yeah. his fault. And there are individuals who are also letting Xavi down. What we saw was a was a defensive collapse, mostly in transition from Barcelona. Yeah, and, and they said it's it's the four goals conceded that concern me more here. And I don't want to pick on Kounde, but I think it's obvious that he's not on the level he was at when he was at Sevilla, or maybe even at, at, at the start of his kind of Barcelona journey. Yeah. Balde at centre back, you know, Monica moved there after the, the, the Christensen came off, whatever, is not something that fills me with with a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, he's, he's a wonderful athlete, he's an intelligent young man, but you know, it is it is different defending that position, especially against Dalbeck and, and and then Stuani. It's it's just a different type of yeah, physical yeah. matchup. Yeah. And I imagine you're going to pick on poor old Jacques Cancelo, who you're going to no, say is part of the problem, not part of But you know what I think anyway, I've said it many times, I think he, defensively he unbalances your team because this is not why he, he doesn't like defending, he doesn't, he's not a good defender. So I, I just think that if you're in control of a game with the law of the ball, then that's probably fine. If your press is efficient, it's good. But against a team like that, when you are this Barca team that can't press for their lives and keep running for nothing, when your defense is already struggling, I don't think Cancelo helps you at all. And you see on the well, on the first two goals, really, that this and it's not just Cancelo, but this Barca team is completely, like you said, unbalanced in transition. And uh, you, they got done far too easily on the first goal and the second. I think there's 15 passes before before Miguel scored. That. A great goal, of course. But is there a Gundogan issue there as well? I think there's the, a midfield about, issue too about the transition. In the yeah, that, overall, you know, but Frankie as well. I'm not going to blame Frankie Young so much. He's coming back from injury and stuff. He helped True. balance the team, but he had to go and almost manmark Miguel Gutierrez at, at one point, right? No, I know, but is he the guy that should play in this holding role then? No, I mean, he probably should, but. I wouldn't expect if you play a three in midfield, the person who goes and, and, and covers the wide area shouldn't be your defensive midfielder. It should be one of the, yeah, one of the for two sure. guys in the half spaces. Yeah, yeah. So again, I point to Gundogan. 
But also, if you press better, you can have Frankie as your as your holding midfielder. If you don't press well, like they like like Barca are doing that, yeah. they are a terrible pressing team, and yet they're still trying to press. Then I think De Jong can't protect your back four. Enough. I, I I wonder about that because obviously Rafinha has a lot of experience with the press, and he can get around the pitch. Joe Felix, we 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 see him try it sometimes, yeah, yeah. but it's not really part of his DNA. It's not something he's done many times before. I also wonder with Joe Felix, he's not a bad athlete, but the reality is you always want Joe Felix fresh when he gets, or, or fresher when ball. he gets on yeah. the ball, right? And Lewandowski, of course, can be a pressing machine, but also the man is, what, 35 now? Yeah. Like just about? Yeah. So I wonder about that. Pedri as well, being the kind of like, like, like the next man up. Pedri, I don't think, is himself either. He doesn't have the dynamism that we have before. I think Pedri would feel more comfortable in a more slowed-down sort of environment, especially off the ball. So I, I weigh these things together, and as much as I adore Xavi, I have to put some of these things on him off the ball. On the Completely. flip side, 31 shots on goal they took. Yeah, yeah. 11 of them on target. When you do that, you expect to win games. True, but Girona, Girona, such a team that they are just an open team because they attack really well. They are the best attack in the league. They will go forward a lot. Their fullbacks go forward a lot. So, it's thirty-one would, shots though. You can do. You can face an open team and not take thirty-one shots on goal. That's a yeah, shot every three minutes. Yeah, but it's easier against a team that leaves you space and attack you than a, a low block where you would not get thirty-one shot against a low block. I think. So this is good, but. The problem in this game is not so much what they did with the ball because I think, like you said, there's enough chances. There's another one for Lewandowski. Gundogan could have had another one. They, they, rushed, they rushed a few of them a little bit. Is that you considered four goals, like you said. Last season, they considered 20 goals in the whole season in 38 La Liga games. 20 in 38. They considered 13 in 34 at some point last season and then seven in the last kind of five, like five games or so. They're already on 18 in 16, man. That's more than a goal a game conceded. I would have to look at the XG because when I think back to last season, I remember them giving up a ton of shots and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen making all these fantastic Yeah, for sure. But still, look this is the worse? same back four gap. Well, plus Pretty Cancelo. Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Cancelo is the difference in your back four. I think there's also the differences that... Is, well, obviously, Kunde's gone down. Did you also feel that he was overloading Savio's side with, with Kunde and Araujo? And I thought unnecessarily so? I guess Savio was always the main threat, maybe more than Tsigonkov. Uh, although, the first I, I goal saw comes in from this the right-hand yeah, right like right side. You have two natural defenders. or You don't need to send them both when you're also, you're also dealing with, with, with Dovbeck in the middle. Well, I, it's I more that then a, Cancelo is the next. So even if you get... Christensen on Dovbeck, then that leaves Cancelo too isolated, I think, against Tikhonkov. Which. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, it's a really tricky situation, I think, for Barcelona right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I do think this is, this is on him. Um, I, you don't know, we, we've talked about kind of the, the cultural relevance yeah. of, of what they're being achieved. I want to remind people. This story is not as romantic of course. As, as we think because the people who own the club is City Football Group. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. And it's not, like, it's not like they're owned by City Football Group and so they've spent as much as Manchester City. No, they have to subscribe to the rules in the league as much as everybody else. Mm. It does mean, however, that they have access to a network of scouts, of data. It does mean that, you know, 
if they're short on cash to do something again within the rules within the yeah. uh, the spending parameters they can find that cash very easily yeah. where they don't have to go to a bank or or, 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 or plead their case <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's also easier to attract players because you know hey you're in Girona um, we know Man City are, are, are looking at you you're right in Man City's faces yeah. I mean, or it could even be Manchester City players that get loaned to you players that you would never get or another from from another club from within the city football group like Savio like Jan Kuto those kind of players that maybe would have never come to your club had right. you not been in the city football. so there is an edge there and also well, the other shareholder is of course Marcelo Claude who yeah um whatever has a whole other uh history um <laughs> but when you put these but 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 at the same time they're doing amazing things with these resources yeah I mean and, and this is a concept there can be two things in one right they've They have more resources than they would ordinarily have for a club their size. Yeah. But they're not spending like Barcelona, Real Madrid, or, or even Real Sociedad. No, yeah. and they were very clever in their recruitment. There's a right blend of experience, like, like a daily blend, for example. That's another one. I would have never thought that this guy is going to... Yeah, I thought, okay, maybe La Liga's better for you because you're technical and you, you know, you're, you're smart, you read the game, and you, know, you don't run much, but whatever. But I think he's really, really helped. And the other yeah, center back as well, whose name is Casey right now, has been, I think, even better maybe because a lot, he's playing alongside Blaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Eric Garcia, who we don't really rate together, um, has done a good job there. No, I wasn't Gale thinking of him, I was thinking of the other guy. Yeah, yeah, but I was yeah. going to say Young Herrera, who was not even playing against yeah. Barcelona, has been great. And then you've got those much younger or new arrival, Sigankov, Dovbeck, Savio, Kuto, And I think what Mitchell has done so well is that, yes, they built this squad really well. And so far, and touch wood for them, they haven't had any injuries. And that's why they are where they are. It's because they, they don't play in Europe. They have one game a week. Everybody's fit. Everybody's is, is intense in the way they play. And they've had no injuries, which is great for them. But, but like, yeah, I think the way they build that squad is great. What Mitchell is doing with this squad, he, he, his own management, like bringing on, as we said earlier, Stuani and Valerie to have the impact that they had is great. I mean, Stuani has been a great servant. That's Middlesbrough legend, Stuani. Has been a great Stuani servant. is a wonderful oh, story a too because you like the, the idea of the old guy who comes off the bench, comes up big. He came, we saw him, was it two weeks ago when, uh, when, when he and Jan Koto came on and, and turned the game? Yeah, it's good too. Um, I, think, I think it was one and then he caused the own goal for the other yeah. one. But, You like that. You like that kind of also change of pace. Exactly. Dobbik to Bay. It's, everything's kind of breaking their way so far. And nine points is a lot for Barcelona. And I know Atletico are still in it. And obviously Real Madrid are two points back. Yeah. The worst thing Real Madrid can do, though, is to think, ha-ha, look at Barcelona. Ha-ha, Barca, all the way back there. Uh, we'll just wait for Girona to fall apart. Because I, I, I think you have to take them seriously. Because yeah. with this whole one week to the prepare, the positive momentum, the fact that if in January they want to push the boat out a little bit and add to the squad, they can also do that. I think they should do it, and I think they will do it, which Barca can't do, by the way. There's no way Barca right now, I think, can add to the squad. There's no more palancas? There's, there's, there's no more levers to pull? No levers. Deco, Deco stood after the game on Sunday night. Listen, before even thinking about new signing, keeping the players on loan that we have, like Joe Felix and Joe Cancelo, let's, let's think about winning games. And, you know, Girona have 41 points now. They've got three more games to go before we reach the halfway part of the season. Alaves at home, 
Betis away and then Atletico Madrid at home, which is a big one, uh, I think mid-January or something. Mm. But they can get to 50 points after 19 games. Like, that's what Atletico mm. got two years ago when they won the title. Yeah, I, I don't think... I, I, my right, bold prediction as of right now... They can win those three games. They, they've only lost two... They're not going to beat Betis away. I, I don't... Well, we see. I mean, and Atletico Madrid... No, no, I know. I mean, they're, they're tough, tough games. Still. Yes, they can't get to 50 points. It would be ridiculous. They would it would be incredible. Pace for 100 points in a season. This would be incredible. Which is absolutely like mind-blowing. Yeah, which I think they are in the title race. They are, they are the best attacked. They've won 13 games already in 16, which is as many as in the whole of last season when they finished 10th. It's just an incredible story. And you do wonder where it will stop because the confidence may be so high that those players walk onto the pitch thinking like, listen, we can't be beaten. You know, we lost to Real Madrid, okay, that was the only time they lost. And again, we said it before, in a game that was actually much closer than the, the, the score says. Yeah, it's, it's you, great. You know, in, obviously teams finish level on points in La Liga. It doesn't come down to goal difference. It comes down to head-to-head. Can you imagine if that 3-0 victory from Real Madrid ends up being decisive? Oh, uh, can you imagine? Um, Final word on Barcelona. Obviously, their their, their financial woes are very well documented. Mm. They chose to roll the dice with the levers, with the spending, with Lewandowski at his age and whatever. Yeah. It's funny because part of the explanation when they did that was, oh, you know, people were telling me, oh, but Barcelona need to have a good team with big stars on the pitch. Otherwise... Fans aren't going to show up at the Camp Nou, right? I mean, this is sort of post-pandemic and stuff like that, mm. and that's why they have to pull the levers and, and and roll the dice and whatever. And obviously, they sold their TV rights, they sold or, or, or a big chunk of their TV rights. They they've put themselves, I think, in a serious financial straitjacket. Yeah. Many of us pointed it out at the yeah. time. It, it's not really part of you know the weekly discourse because they've 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 had big games and they, they, you know they've generated excitement. Yeah. But this could be really, really serious. And what I find really surprising is I know people don't like playing in Montjuic. Um, and and fans, fans clearly don't, don't seem to like going because... <laughs> I, yeah, they're, they're not getting big crowds no. at Montjuic. They're not, not seats up in a smaller stadium. But it's also, I also wonder, like, wait, you signed these guys so you could fill the camp now and keep the excitement going. Otherwise, your fans aren't going to show up. You say... But then you decide to renovate the camp now, which yeah. you know may be necessary. I'm yeah, sure yeah, it maybe is. Yeah, to do. But you know, then you're moving to another stadium. Yeah. So was all of this really? Uh, just there's there's a lack of clear thinking. Yeah. With with Laporta, I, and I and I go back to this. I don't know if he's going to speak or if he's just going to you know hang all this on Xavi because let's face it, right? When things go bad, the manager gets. Often is really, yeah. really lonely. It would be nice to hear from Deco or Laporta yeah. or have another voice here. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we will. We're recording this on Monday morning. As of now, I, I haven't, I haven't heard it. Um, but yeah, this is being hung on Xavi. Um, and I'm sorry to say this, but it still feels to me like Laporta is a guy gambling, mm. you know, and and taking risks and telling everybody if the risks are necessary to save Barcelona. Blah blah blah. After all the bad things that happened under Bartomeu, but. It's a difficult situation for them, no doubt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Catalans. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Bad to worst, Jules. Uh-oh. Manchester United lose 3 0 at home Ooh. to Bournemouth. And Eric Ten Hag says he's disappointed and takes responsibility. Yeah, responsibility for his team being so bad. For being unprepared. His coaching being so bad. Okay, but how about. How about, how about what? They were humiliated. They should have lost 5 0. Bournemouth hit the post. They had a goal disallowed. For a handball, okay, it was a handball. United created maybe. some chances too. No? Mm, yeah, and there was one good position for them. And that's it, there was just nothing. They faced a team with a plan, with a structure in possession, out of possession, that they could just not respond to because this United team has no plan and no structure in position or out of position. And when I see what Iraola has done, okay, it's Bournemouth, there's no pressure, it's a small club, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fair enough. But what Iraola has done in five months, let's say six months since he arrived, and what Ten Hag has done in 18 months, it's just like, wow, you saw, you saw it on Saturday at Old Trafford. And you know, the boos were so legit against Ten Hag that the, I hope the pressure is increasing on him now and he thinks like, because he, he, we said it before, he always finds an excuse. Oh, there's this, oh, there was the storm on the northwest of England, the rain was bad, the wind was... Come on, man. He has to face the fact that he hasn't been good this season and neither has his team. That's it, that's it. That's it. Gab United also face elimination from the Champions League in midweek and they have away trips to Liverpool and West Ham coming up after that. How likely is it that Ten Hag is no longer in charge by Christmas Day or before Christmas or even after Christmas? Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, I don't think that, you know, we don't want to have the Glazers who stole Christmas in the Ten Hag household. No. I think it's unlikely. It's, un- it's unlikely, but it's possible. Because, but it can't just be based on results. It can't just be results saving him, and it can't just be results condemning him. And what I mean by that is if they get knocked out in the Champions League, they don't control their own destiny. Even if Bayern comes, Bayern after five undefeat comes and stops yeah. them, whatever. Big schmach, move on. Liverpool away. Hey, sure, Liverpool have not been playing well recently, but whatever. You expect to lose to Liverpool. And West Ham, you know, West Ham did win the World Cup in 1966, but whatever. I, I don't care about the results right now. Why? I care. Well, obviously you care about the Bayern one if they can't pull out, but it's, it's, it's uphill. I care about wanting to see what you spoke about earlier. Wanting to see a plan and players who are capable of buying into the plan. That's what I want to see from Manchester United. If I do that, then I have a tiny building block because sacking him, waiting until the 23rd to sack him, and then leaving yourself in a rush to get somebody, 
and have the January window, I think is too tight. Um, yeah. I, and so I want to see that reaction. If you don't get that reaction, you really are throwing good money after bad. And, and I think Jim Ratcliffe would be the first to say, all right, guys, time to do something. And here are my chips in the middle of the table. I think you're very I, kind. Am I too kind to 10 high? I think you are kind. All right, there you go. <laughs> Liverpool are top of the table after 2-1 win away to Crystal Palace. But Jules, Jurgen Klopp says they were, quote, lucky. Is he right? He says they were He's really right. bad until minute 74. Yeah, they were bad until, the, yeah, 76, I think, when Mosala scored a, a deflected goal. A, a lucky goal, I was going to say. The red card for Palace looked really harsh to me. I have to say, that second yellow for Jordan Ayou, I'm really not sure. Uh, and Palace were not good. And Palace, you know, I don't think they're a good team. I, I'm not a fan of Roy Hodgson still being in the job right now. But... I think they can feel harshly done. And then it's a great goal by Harvey Elliott right yeah. at the end. He's, he's very, very talented, very good. But it's Wait. one of those wins that Liverpool have had. They've won more points than anybody else from so a losing position. It's position. the age-old conundrum, though. Yeah, but it's not that so much because that could be a comeback or whatever. This is Liverpool playing badly and getting results, which we've seen for a while now. So I can look at it and say, you're top of the Premier League. You're top of the best league in the world. Best and defense, you are so far below your ceiling. You know, this was a game in which you really saw what Alexis McAllister brings. I don't think he's a natural defensive midfielder. Yeah, but Endo, but that, I mean, like that, guy, that dude can't pass. I mean, so there's no, no point. He, I was watching with my kids, with my two boys, right? Who are, who are young but good players. And we didn't, we, we were not too focused on Endo or obsessed with Endo. But because he's in that position, he would touch the ball a lot. He, he never scanned. He never, his body was never in the right position. And I like him. I think he's good. It must be a great move for him at 30 years old to he's go from Stuttgart to Liverpool. not in the system. But um, I felt for him a little bit because he was so out of his depth. No, he's, he's, he's the Jokanovic. He's the guy you bring on. <laughs> you know, minute 89, you're tuning on. Oh, let me have another ball with yeah, you. Yeah, and runner. Uh, not if you're going to play this way. And, and now, by the way, and the strikers too. Not good. Darwin Nunez, ah, Salah, yeah, he should have not good. That chance. Inter also stayed top of Serie A after beating up Udinese 4 Gab, are they better than where they were a year ago? You know what? I think they were. Of I think they, they are. are. I think they are better. They're a lot better. I think a lot of it is a boost in confidence they got from the Champions League final the season they had. And Lautaro Martinez scoring a ton of goals, setting up a ton of other goals. Shalanoglu yeah. reinventing himself as a deep and line Marcus, playmaker. You know, Marcus. And Marcus Turam. Yes. I, he, One of the signing of the summer. He's the French Thomas Muller, some course. people have called him. Only more skillful. Aston Villa make it 15 straight home league wins as John McGinn scores early to send them on their way against Arsenal. Jules, were the Gunners a little bit unfortunate in this one? They didn't seem too happy with some of the decisions. Yeah, he was not too happy. I mean, the, there's the penalty on Gabriel Jesus maybe from Douglas Ruiz. There's the Diego Carlos elbow on Enquetia that was... A little strange as well, and the yellow and could have been red maybe. The goal that was disallowed, I think it's probably the right call, uh, to be fair. But yeah, it was one of those games where I think there was not much between the two teams. Maybe Arsenal were the better side on the day, but a slow start from them and a very good start from Aston Villa and that early goal just cost them dearly. And then, you know what I like about Villa, before, before you tell me what you think, they can control the game against City and, and literally dominate City like not many teams have done under Guardiola. And then grind out a result against Arsenal four days later where, like Amy Martinez said, they suffered for 85 minutes. They were clearly not the best team according to him and yet they still managed to win. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. 
Yeah, I think when you suffer, you suffer it's because you're not good. And then you end up winning, losing. I think that's more to do with randomness. Yeah. What I would point out in this game is I thought Gabriel Jesus, that's 100% a penalty. I thought and so too. But it is swings and roundabout for Arsenal because they got very lucky with some late winners earlier this season, including very recently against Luton. And, yeah. you know, it's the karmic balance of the universe. Yeah. And Gab, the facts are, like we've just said, that Villa have beaten now Arsenal and Manchester City in the space of four days. And they're just two points behind Liverpool in the table. Can Unai Emery deliver the title? Are they in the title race? I think they need a couple of signings in January to give them something different. And these are players they already have, but they've lost them for the season. I think you need... Uh, a creative guy who can create something out of nothing. That player is Emi Buendia, but of course we're not going to see him until yeah. next season. I think they could also use an alternative in central defense, especially if they keep going further in the Europa League, and that an alternative to Tyrone Mings, frankly, who's was obviously out as well. For you don't believe long in Clément Langlais? No. I do not believe in Clément Langlais. <laughs> no, honestly, those two pickups, maybe then they're in the conversation. But until then, I say I would say no. Eintracht Frankfurt demolished Bayern 5-1. Jules, this was a real low point for Thomas Tuchel, whose team looked entirely unprepared. It looked like they just didn't want to play the game. But they only had 10 was, days to prepare for this game. Was, or maybe they were rusty because they didn't play last weekend because of the snow. But it was one of those games where every time... I mean, Frankfurt are really... They, uh, Frankfurt are a good team. They're a good team. We've, we've said that before. And they played really well. Yeah. And obviously, um, you know, I think Top Muller is has had a really good experience as a number two and now as a number one. He's implementing a lot of the ideas that he, he had before with other managers as, a, as, a, as, a, as an assistant. And Marmouche is a lovely player. The French guys that they have, Dinaï Bimbe, Shaidi, just, it's just, it's a lovely team to watch, but also when everything falls their way. So they had every, every time the ball bounced off somewhere, it was for them. Every deflected shot went in. Neuer was just completely lost. I mean, the Bayern team looked completely lost full stop. We made so many individual mistakes too, well, by, yeah, which, but, which, which were forced by this. But I'll tell you what, my, my fun stat about this, Yeah. I, the last time Eintracht Frankfurt beat Bayern Munich 5-1, they sacked their manager, Niko Kovac, and yeah, replaced yeah. him with Hansi Flick, and then went on to win the treble. Yeah. Now, I know time Bayern to sack people are kind of superstitious and voodoo and not always clear thinking. I wonder if any of them said, like, ooh, is Hansi Flick available? What if we sack this manager and bring in Hansi Imagine. Flick? Maybe Imagine that. Then we'll win the treble. Well, they won't win the treble, but no. the double. That's fine. Wow. Real Madrid are held 1-1 away to Betis and Gab without some of those Andre Lunin saves. It could have been worse. Yeah, I don't want to say... I mean, the East Coast header at the end. We're lucky, but that East Coast header, yeah. what a story that would have been. Um, great goal for Bellingham scoring again. Brian Diaz setting him up again. Lovely goal. Little Brahim, how about that? Uh, but I think it's really started, starting to weigh. And I think Angelotti, when he looks back, will say, you know what? We were lucky to get this one point. Lunin started when Kepa was back, but on the bench. He, you'd almost He's think Lunin was a better keeper now. than Kepa, right? He's been number one, do you think? I don't think Kepa's good that good. I, I really don't. I really, really don't. What they're they both rubbish then? compared to Courtois. Yeah, but because Lunin's a number two, we need another body and blah, blah, blah. We signed Kepa, he's Spanish, whatever. <laughs> After scaring Arsenal in midweek, Luton Town do the same to Manchester City, who need some late goals to come from behind and win 2-1. Jules, no Holland, no De Bruyne, but surely no excuse either, right? Yeah, it was... I, I don't know, we... This game happened exactly. Oh, and Rodri like, was back. Your favorite guy, Rodri. No, they I were, know, but we knew exactly what would happen, how Luton would play, how they would just like pack the center of the pitch, let them go wide because what? City are going to cross and who's going to head the ball in? Nobody. This is not what they do. And I was a bit disappointed, I have to say, by City's approach to the game. 
Because in the end, what saved City was just the two mistakes that Luton made. And to be fair, for an hour, Luton didn't make any mistake and kept it very basic, in, even in their passing. But then they made two mistakes that caused them two goals, and that's as simple as that. Uh, so City got away with one there, because I think on another day, this could easily have been a draw or even a loss and more points dropped. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. What I would add also is... I'm not sure about Alvarez being your backup center forward and there being nobody else or, or, or Foden or whatever. Because against certain teams, there is something to be said for having that physicality. And you can't just get it from set pieces from, from center backs. I know, backs but apart from Luton, who's, nobody's going to play as physically as Luton, right? I, they played with the first nine before, before Haaland joined. They can do that again. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not sure it's the right recipe when you play all year with the center forward and then all of a sudden you go to this. We see. Tottenham Hotspur beats up Newcastle 4-1 and Ange Ball is back big time, Gabby. Yeah, so look, so Newcastle are seriously like... They're on their knees, man. They really are. They are. They've had so many injuries, they're exhausted. But you know what? Spurs also had an absolute ton of injuries. Yeah. Uh, some of these injured guys are coming back. I thought Papsar is, is is a monster in the middle of the park when yeah. he's there. Big shout out to my man Udogi as well, um, and of course Homan Son. Um, you know, and Richarlison gets on the score sheet. They score a lot of goals. They take a lot of risks. It's totally fine. They got and our friend Ben Davies with one of the saves of the weekend could have turned the game. Yeah. Could have turned the game, man. Paris Saint Germain beat Nantes two one. Come Lando on, he comes on to score the late winner against his former club and doesn't celebrate, which is nope. right and proper. Jules, did they simply have an eye on that huge Dortmund game? Completely, they could not care about Nantes on Saturday. To be fair to them, uh, and they won't. It was not a good performance. They won't care. It's all about Wednesday night now, and they have to do it. They have to show. That they can control their destiny. Is it eight wins in a row in Liga? Something like that, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm even me. Well, look, you're all blase about it. Yeah, nice, exactly. nice are only four points back. Chelsea lose away to Everton 2 0 and are back in the bottom half of the table. 12th place. Gabi Pochettino says he needs to sit down with the sporting director and guess what? Spend more money than the billion pounds they've already spent. Yeah, now I know everybody's going to ridicule you when you say, oh, we need new players, we need new signings. But like, we just, I said this all along. This is a badly constructed team. You're going into the season with two center forwards. One of them is Nico Jackson, who's got what, a year of top flight football. And by the way, is Nico Jackson. The other one is Armando Broya, who's just coming off a terrible injury yeah. and hasn't been good when he's played. Uh, you have to evaluate this. This is your job. But you right? should but still do better than 12. Of course you should do better. But if you're, how are you going to fix it? Just by sitting there, oh, we suck. Or saying, what can we do to get better? And that's what Pochettino's going. I have no problem with that. Also, in that figure, Romeo Lavia and Christopher Nkunku haven't played a minute. They might as well not be there. So you were very kind to Ten Hag earlier on the show. I think you're very kind of Pochettino no, now. I, sorry, sorry, sorry. For the avoidance of doubt, I'm not kind to Ten Hag. Right? A lot of this is his responsibility. Yeah. However... What I don't want to see... Let me, let me rephrase my Ten Hag point before we get to Pochettino. I don't want to see them... They win a game in midweek when, when like we said, oh, but after all... Against Chelsea, work, who are exactly. even worse than them. Exactly. You know, against the team that's... That, that's Chelsea had lost like seven of 16 games a season, right? So after all the good work we did against Chelsea... No, I don't want to get into this scenario where they have one good result. Maybe they, they get a draw at Anfield or something, right? Uh, and now, by the way, we didn't even talk about Bruno Fernandes, by the way. And the, the, the card but I, I, and then all of a sudden people say oh, everything's fine and then Hawk comes out yes I told you like, yeah, yeah, the spirit yeah. no I want um, I want somebody to take a look back take a look at this based on performances won't. if they lose all three games but 
they play well and they look as if there's a plan and they're moving in the right direction, you keep Ten Hag. Yeah, but they won't. And for Chelsea, surely by now, we mid-December almost, mm -hmm. surely by now, we should see a better Chelsea team than what Pochettino is offering. Absolutely. And for Even with this crappily assembled squad. Yeah, yes, exactly. I agree. We agree on that. Yeah? We agree on Because that. Because right now we see nothing. Well, we see a little bit. Like what? What did you see on Sunday against Everton? Palmer. Okay, on his own. Like playing five-a-side. <laughs> he plays like if he was playing five-a-side with his mate. That's what he does. Uh, yeah, Because there's I, no structure around him. There's nothing. I mean, I think the structure that he wants to go for is... I mean, he, we, we saw Enzo playing a little bit further, and I think his idea was to have almost like a 4-1-4-1. Um, he had Brogia in the front. No, it didn't work, yeah. No, it's, it's, a lot I, of this is on Poch. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm just... But, but all I'm saying is to go and jump all over him, and like, oh, you want, you want to spend more money? Well, if you're Chelsea, what do you want to do? Because you can clearly see Reese James is broken all the time, Right. The, 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 they have a lot of injuries. They, 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 have, they, they have yeah, a ton of injuries. of injuries. The players who are fit, I think some of them just aren't good. Pochettino can't get a tune out of them. You're going to stick with Caicedo. Caicedo's playing like he's worth one-tenth of what they paid for him. Uh, Enzo not far off that either, even though he's maybe yeah. their, 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 their best midfielder other than Cole Palmer. But what do you want to do? Like, of course you have to go and you have to address this in the transfer market. Maybe you can sell some players. Maybe you bring some players in. I don't know. You, 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 your friend Malagusto, now all of a sudden, it's like he's, he's poo. Hey, look, if Pochettino doesn't play him, maybe you can get some money back from him. You have to think in those terms. You have to think in terms of making changes. You can't just say, United. we spent a lot of money. We can never spend again. We can't make any changes to the squad, right? They play Sheffield United, I think, at the weekend. The, yes, next four games, the next four games are like, not just winnable, but they have to They're be gimmies, won. They're gimmies, yeah. If they don't be Sheffield United, I mean, come on. Oh, but they've won so many games at home in 2023. Well, they've so. been looting, yeah. that's for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bayer Leverkusen are still undefeated and they've scored in every game this season, but they need to come from behind to get it done away to Stuttgart, Jules. Yeah, and even that point, Gab was, uh, I think they would be happy with it because Stuttgart were really good. Amazing. I mean, the way, I, I have to say, I've seen a few Stuttgart games this season, but not every, every one of them. So I was still a bit discovering them while watching the game, in a sense. And I, I think that Bayer Leverkusen are one of the best pressing side in Europe. I think Xabi Alonso is doing a really good, ball of, good job out of possession. But the West Stuttgart played them out of the park. In the first half, especially. Wow. They could have had three. But, like, but even, even just the build the play and, and when Bayer Leverkusen tried to press, they were just beating the press so easily, always finding the spare man. I was like, wow. I, I you know what, what Sebastian Ones is doing is... Really good. Like, Bayer Leverkusen have won every single game they've played this competition, except for three. I think this is the game where, you know, chickens come home to roost. But guess what? There's only, what, an irrelevant Europa League game? I assume it's irrelevant. Yeah, they already qualify, I think. Right? And then you have next weekend, and then you're done. If, yeah. if you're Bayer Leverkusen. And then you get that nice, big, long Mons. break. Yeah. You add a little oh. bit, tweak your squad and everything. They're still in a great position. Um, Massively. I think this is more about Stuttgart playing really, really well. And by the way, you know who Stuttgart have next weekend? 
Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, indeed. Yes, Tommy T. Milan are still third in Serie A, but the gap is now nine points after they lose 3-2 to Atalanta. Gab has purely lost his touch. And how about that bit of Muriel magic? Yeah, so if you haven't seen Luis Muriel's oh. goal, go check it out. It's oh. special. I want to say, like, this goal brought to you by Yasin Adli's immobility, by the way. Uh, yeah. But it was good. Yeah. It was funny because Muriel, when Muriel came on, it was 2-2. Fans were booing because Lookman came off. And then he comes and he does that. Oh, stop back like, here. Okay. Um, look, Atalanta are a team with many great players, many individual match winners who I don't think have been performing very well this season. Milan, you know, they come back twice, but I think partly their heads were in Dortmund. Partly, I think he's trying to do too much. Reinders, in, in a game like this, you would have been, you needed Benacer from the first minute. Maybe he's not fully fit, yeah. but you need a midfielder who can, who can control the tempo, who can slow the game down. And it's not Florenzi stepping into midfield because, let's face it, he's Florenzi. He's not that kind yeah. of player, right? Um, I think Pioli's gotten a number of things wrong in his approach and needlessly dropped points. And it's not like, the first time that we've said that as well. Yeah, I, I think what this happens, season. you go, you play Newcastle, you let the chips, those chips fall where they may, and then you evaluate what does this team need in January. Yeah. And, and, and Pioli goes away and has a really long think about how he wants to move forward. Atletico Madrid score early on their way to 2-1 win over Almeria. And once again, your boy Antoine Griezmann ah. makes all the difference. He doesn't score, nope. but he, uh, he he has an assist on one, sets up the other one yeah. um, on, on the uh, was it Marcos Llorente pass. But also, he played deeper. It was, yeah. it was more like when he plays for France. So there's, there's France yeah, a little bit. Not two, but... Yeah, and just could play everywhere. Uh, it's just a fantastic game. I mean, Almeria... Let's be honest, not very good. Although they gave Atletico a bit of a scare towards the end, and Yano Black had a couple of yeah, good Atletico saves to make. Atletico got a little complacent. But Almeria just not good. And but yeah, to score, create the first goal for Morata, then being at the start of the Correa goal, the second one, Griezmann is he's still three goals behind the record of Aragones, but he's gonna he's gonna go there soon. And it's just a joy to watch him play because he's so happy, he's enjoying his football so much. He's great. It's really great to see. I, I know Cholo likes to go and tinker with the squad seemingly every game, especially in midfield. But I really like this setup where he's deeper because I really like it when they play either when they play with another striker with Morata. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think he was well. Griezmann, Correa, and Morata. I'm Memphis Depay's biggest fan, except for some of his blood relatives. I, I love that the idea that you can have one of those two guys yeah. on the pitch. Yeah, I see what you mean. Come from deeper. Let the other guys worry about defending and occasionally send on you know Llorente or Samuel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and deal with it that way. Yeah. More war for Borussia Dortmund, Gab, as they lose three-two at home to Leipzig. It doesn't help when Mats Hummels gets sent off after twelve minutes for a ridiculous challenge as well. Well, it's interesting. So, Openda, there. I mean, did this completely change the game? I oh, yeah. We agree on this, right? So the ball over the top, he's chasing Openda, who, you know, let's face it, he's not going to catch. No. And he decides to tackle from behind. Why? Just now, let, him, let him take a shot. You would think either let him take a shot or wait till he gets into the, into the um, penalty box and then hack him down because that way it's a yellow and it's a pen. By hacking him down outside the box, which is what he did, and then the VAR intervened to show, and VAR decided the foul was outside the box. I, I don't know. It wasn't clear to me that it was outside the box. I think it was very, very close. Yeah. But just make sure that it's inside the box so you don't get sent off. 
It's just, I don't know, but he, I mean, he, he knew as soon as he did it, he got up and then walked off because he knew it was coming anyway. I just don't, for someone so smart, I just, been it doesn't make well. any sense. Yeah, it doesn't they, make any sense. They've lost three of their last six Bundesliga games now, like fourth they're place, so they're, they're a little bit adrift. Um, you're making a face. It's going to be easy for Bryce. It's not going to be easy because typically from my PSG team, we could now go there and <laughs> not qualify. I, I'll tell you what. Leipzig, I don't think we're great. I thought Borussia Dortmund actually played well with 10 men. I think yeah, they, they did chances. Okay. Um, and one last thing. Yusuf Poulsen scored their third oh, goal. Oh, the against. dummy is the, just exceptional. What I loved about the dummy, which just turns, you know, Nico Schlotterbeck's insides come out, right? Yeah. It just turns them into jelly. It's like that yeah. scene from, from Airplane. Um, it's just freaking Yusuf Paulson doing it. I know. It's not a little tricky guy. I it's know. like, yo, the big lumpo who does it. I love it. We've never really seen him doing stuff like that. I, I, before, I love Paulson feeling empowered to ah, do that. Ah, so good. We have new champions in MLS, Jules. Woo! How about the Columbus crew beating LAFC in the final? And when you celebrate Wilfried Nancy, even though he has a woman's last name and he's not <laughs> Paris born and bred? Yes, of course I will. One, because there are not that many French managers outside of France. Uh, and even Christophe less, Gaultier is outside yeah, France. Even less we'll doing well. stay outside France Probably, for a while. Yeah, for a while. Uh, or go inside even at some point. <laughs> uh, but amazing, Wilfried Nancy, if you don't know him, he was an assistant coach. Well, he finished his career, like not a very good career, as a player in MLS. Then he became an assistant coach to Remy Gard in Montreal and to Thierry Henry. Arsenal legend, Remy Arsenal and, and Thierry as well. Then got that job, did well with a young team, took them into the playoff, and then got a, big, a much bigger job, of course, at Columbus Crew. And not just took them to the title, because they are, for me, the team that plays the best football in MLS this season, and that's credit to him. It was a great final, a great performance again. I love his philosophy. I love the kind of all attack, but with the structure, mindset. And, and it's really, really good. And he's also the first black coach, black manager to win the MLS Cup. So really, really good. in Europe be paying attention? I presume the guy uh, speaks have English, to. considering... Yeah, uh, very good English and obviously French. So I really hope Montreal, people yeah. notice, especially in Ligue 1 as well, because, you know, you, you can trust a Will Steele, uh, Francesco Farioli, that's great. You've got, in a way, a very good, young, promising French guy with, with great ideas... You know, why not trusting him to? I, I'm just happy for the Columbus crew. I'm happy for, for Ali Moreno, of, of course. Of course, yeah. And Two I'm titles happy. in the last four years now. Yeah, and I'm also happy because, obviously, you know, those who follow MLS will know what happened with, like, the original uh, team moving to Austin, that guy with a stupid name, yeah. Precourt, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> You know, taking the team away from them and stuff. And it's just a really, really bad look for, for MLS, what happened there. And I'm glad they got the team back and they can do something to celebrate. Yeah. This was back on Friday, but Federico Gatti sorry, scored the only goal as you've been Napoli 1 0 to stay a single pop behind Inter in the table. Gab, some love for Max Allegri? He, no! He loved no! that win, didn't he? He loved that win. Uh, he loves winning like this. But, okay, so first of all, Napoli, you know, since they brought in the master of disaster, Walter Mazzari, um, have not been good. But still, Napoli created more chances in this game. And you are at home. Napoli are vulnerable in this game. Yeah. You keep playing like this, you're playing with fire. Allegri did it for a long time, back when that kind of football worked. It's so working thus far this season. They're one point behind Inter. And look, maybe they will go on and win the title, whatever. I, I don't know. But... 
I don't think this team is progressing at all. Duh. I think you're just gutting it out. And though, by the way, this thing where people are saying, oh, but what's he supposed to do? He has all these rubbish players, right? These are the same morons. And there's a certain cohort <laughs> of people in the Uvisphere. I think most of it realize that it's nonsense. They say, oh, no, what is this? Gatti, Cambiaso. Oh, look at what are these turds? McKenney, right? No, we need big names. We need proper guys. We need what? You want to go back to Leandro Paredes? No, right? I guess they meant Pogba, Vidal, Pirlo, that kind of midfield. No, no, no. Midfield no. They of- want to go and spend money on the freaking Di Marias of this world. Yeah, get another guy in to, 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 to basically pay him a lot of money to stand around and play three games a year. And then, by the way, with Allegri still there, they're not going to see much of the ball anyway. Um, no, like, I, they're there. I want to see that next level up. If they want to compete, I think they have to do that. You I, know what? They're playing. They're not playing in Europe this season, right? They're, yeah, they're, that's true. They're the Girona of Serie A, right? Yeah. I expect you to be prepared for every game and not have it's all the these fifth, games be so close. It's the fifth one nil win in the league this Ridiculous. season. Ridiculous. I think it's nine clean sheet. Like just, but it's like old school, typical league. Yeah, and and, by the, and and they're also inconsistent with their assessments, right? Because. They're not conceding anything, right? They have all these clean sheets. Oh, wait, you're the same people who told me that Chesney was past it and, and, and Gatti was like Moreno Torricelli, except before Torricelli ever got good. So in other words, a complete <laughs> turd. That, that Rugani is a running joke, right? That Bremer is just a guy who hacks and doesn't have the tactical intelligence to play. But all this stuff that they said, oh, my God, Danilo's injured. Oh, we're screwed now. We're going to get relegated, right? Hey, maybe these players are actually, some of them are actually pretty good. Yeah, I think so. It's four wins in a row for Rino Gattuso and Marseille, who went 4-2 away to Lorient. And who's that? Who is this Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang fellow? Oh, seven, Good weekend for overpaid former Arsenal strikers in Ligue 1, not just him. Seven goals in the last four for Aubameyang in all competition. For all the, like, the, the rubbish performances that he had, the first, like, you know, I don't know, 10 games of the season or something, and now he's on fire. Everything he tries, there's the header he scored against Lorient, where it's, it's a really difficult headache. He's quite far from the goal, but he's so precise and, and brilliant. And Gattuso was angry at the, at the end of the game. He said he was very happy with the first half. That's like what they top teams four goals do. in the first half. Yeah, that's yeah. What top, but then after yeah. that, he hated the second half. He said they they just dropped their intensity, dropped their game. He's, he was really, really angry. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, really good for Marseille now because they're on a roll and they, they're really improving with the back three that yeah. he's implementing. All the way up to sixth. It's always wild with Roma, Gabi. They take an early lead. Through Lukaku, lose Paulo Dybala through injury, who set up Lukaku for the goal, get two guys sent off, one of them Lukaku for a horrendous tackle, and end up settling for a home point against Fiorentina. What did Jose Mourinho have to say? Nothing, because he decided not to speak to the exactly. media. But look, I mean, whatever. We, 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 we know this, right? Yeah. Darkness is a hunger that's insatiable, and lightness has a call that's uh, hard to heed. You know, um... I, I don't understand. Like, I, this, is, this is... Look, to be fair... Losing Dybala is a big blow. Dybala's assist for the first goal, by the way, is not The Trivella was amazing. But, dude, you're playing at home. You have the momentum. It's not your whole team can't just be Dybala, right? Yeah. And he did create chances, and they were okay. And then Zaleski gets sent off like an idiot. Lukaku, I don't know what went through his mind. He could have, I mean, seriously, he, he could have, it, it was almost like an assault. It's a terrible. Uh, the absolute speed with which he goes he, into it. And imagine the big guy like him. Yeah, I mean... In that well, speed, grab, catching uh, your leg. Yeah, what is it? It says it, it, it mass times acceleration yeah, yeah. equals... Like, there's a formula where, where, where he's, in, he's in pieces now. Yeah. Um, 
you can't have this chaos every time. And look, it's that they stay four points by. They could have been they could have been within two points of Milan in third, yeah. and that would have been a huge boost. And of course, now Mourinho stroppy decides not to talk. I don't know. If, I don't know what he's unhappy about. I think both. So he spoke Portuguese the the weekend before in a professional interview, and yeah. now he doesn't now speak. He's at gonna, now speaking sign language, whatever. <laughs> Alexandre Lacazette. Um, have you said overpaid Arsenal strikers? Oh, you back so to Is there a third one? You're Is Sylvain so Viltorid still, still, still knocking around somewhere? No? No. No? No. no. Bags a hat trick and Leon uh, beat Toulouse 3 0. Gab, they're still bottom. But our, our John Texter must be happy with his decision to put his faith in Peter Wise. Peter Wise, yeah, or, you know, um, Stone Wise as Pierre Sage, the new interim coach, is called by the fans. Toulouse missed a penalty and Toulouse are not good at the moment. Uh, but like I said, with the hat trick, when, when they needed him the most, because him, like the, the kind of senior figures in that dressing room, him, Tolisso, Lopez, Lovren, haven't been good at all this season. So it was about time that they stepped up. And so he did with that hat trick, amazing hat trick, in like a proper striker style as well. In a game where they played okay, not amazing they score goals on set pieces things like that on second phases of set pieces but it's just all about the win and we saw Jean-Michel Olas in the stand with John Textor being friends again you know after all the arguments that they had what made them friends again I guess they wanted to show unity and solidarity for the good of the team yeah exactly of the club you know when you go through such a bad patch no you're not you're not buying it uh, no. no. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, younger fans, that Lovren that Jules just referenced, this is the son of Dejan Lovren because it obviously can't be the same person. No, Unfortunately for Lyon, he's the same person. But he went back to where it all started. No, start in love. Yeah, that, that's where he much. made a name for himself. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. But not the same player. Funny, he didn't sure. want to stay in Russia, though. Yeah, yeah, with that. Diego Alonso still hasn't won a single league game since taking over as Sevilla as they lose away to Mallorca 1 0. But Gabi can be quite annoyed by the disallowed goal. Yes, and look, in some ways, so the, the, this was a shot that, that hits Nasiri in the back. And then the question is, does it also touch his arm? Yeah. His arm would just by his side and go into the goal, right? It's that whole thing where if a goal is scored with a hand, even if it's entirely accidental, and obviously Nasiri's looking the other way, so he's got no idea the ball's going to hit him. Yeah. Um, and a little bit like the Harvard situation, right? Yeah. Uh, but this just this just really felt wrong because I couldn't see any pictures where you could definitively say that the ball hits his arm. Yeah, I like agree. I couldn't see that. And then it becomes like this forensic thing: does his shirt move or whatever? I I don't know. I, as you know, I like VAR. I think VAR has been really good for the game. Yeah. The execution can certainly be improved. Um, but I see things like this and I start to reconsider myself. What, what, what's the logic here? Because without VAR, this goal stands. Yeah. all the time yeah, yeah, and nobody thinks it's kind of unfair that the goal would have stood given the circumstances yeah. Union Berlin have won again look, look at producer Freddie oh, beaming so under that big bald pate of his yeah. um, the 3-1 win over Borussia Mönchengladbach is their first since August and we Incredible. have a, a Kevin Follen sighting as well Kevin Follen who remember um, also scored a goal the game before when they when they got a draw uh, with the new manager, they, was, they had a draw in the Champions League as well. So now they're starting to pick up form. And this win against Gladbach, who, I mean, uh, you just never know what kind of Gladbach team can turn up. 
But for Union to win, that was massive. And Out of the relegation zone, too. Yeah, well done to them, really. Uh, I mean, after, what was it, 15 defeats in a row or something like that? I can't even, I'm lost even. But since you jinxed them with the article you wrote for <laughs> the website, it's been much better for them. So well done to Union Berlin. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. UFR President Alexander Seferin reportedly wants to stick around until 2031, Gab, and some aren't happy with it. I thought they had term limits at UFA presidency. They did. Uh, and the term limits are, are, are three terms. Okay. Um, however, uh, they decided that if you served out, because Jefferson became was elected when Michel Platini had to step down. Yeah. Um, and because that's not a full term, that shouldn't count as a term. So even though... Uh, so even though he's been there since Platini left in 2015, 2014, yeah, yeah. whatever it was, um, he gets to stay. He'd get to stay until 2031. A lot. That's a long time. It's a long time. Um, the Daily Mail reporting that um, David Gill from, oh, from you know, Manchester United, from, yeah, big UEFA power broker, is one of the people leading kind of the movement against this. They think it would not be a good look. A lot of people say, oh, but Johnny Infantino did the same thing with the FIFA statute, so yeah. he's going to be, he can be around till 2031. And I'm like, yeah, so it's that old thing, Jules, when you were little. And, you know, if you say, well, if uh, Francois was going to jump off the Eiffel Tower, well, does it mean that you should do it too, Jules? I'm sure that's what your, that, that, that's what your mom told you when yeah. you were a kid. Um, I don't think this is a good look for Jeffrey. I don't think it's a good look for European football. I no, think it I looks agree. like, and look, this isn't a knock on him. He's, I think most fans who oppose the Super League will always be grateful for his uh, yeah. staunch resistance. I remember getting a text from him like where he said something like, we're going to make the bastards pay, pay or something like that. Or no, or, or those bastards won't get away with it, something like that. Um, and I think you have to be grateful for that. And I know it's difficult and challenging and whatever, but I believe that term limits exist for a reason. And I don't believe that Chefrin is the only person who can lead yeah. European football in a reasonable way. I agree. I think this is more to do with, with Infantino, and I don't know if he wants to outlast him or whatever. Um, I hope he really... I, I hope he reconsiders. I hope he reconsiders. It's 2027. He will have served more than 10 years. He will have yeah, fought exactly. some really important battles. He will have introduced the, 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 the new format, the, the, the Swiss league. model. Yeah. He will have negotiated a deal with uh, with FIFA for the Club World Cup, which he's already done, which is going to be 2025. He will achieve yeah. uh, oh, uh, financial stability rules. He will achieve a lot. And I think it's time to you know, move on, go do something else, yeah. uh, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, Fulham beat West Ham 5-0. And the reason we're talking about it, this isn't just because, as you know, I have a bit of a man crush on Marco Silva. but You do. It's it's two straight games where they score five goals. Incredible. None of them scored by Alexander Mitrovic because he doesn't play for them anymore. No, but there was a time where it felt like Fulham were underachieving this season, that Marco Silva was under pressure. And then it all changed four games ago because they've been on this really good run of results where they've played better, to be fair, where the big players stepped up. Raul Jimenez especially, considering he just scored, so was it now, four goals in the last two games and he had scored zero in the 
plus 32 or something crazy like that. He's, it's one, when one goes or five, he's got five now even in the last three. When one goes in, like Cristiano used to say, it's like ketchup, everything follows. Uh, and they've been great. Alexi Wobi has been great. Andres Pereira has been great. And when they all click like that, then it's a much better Fulham team than what we saw for the first what, 10 games of the season or so. Do you like those redemption tales? Iwobi, I love and Andres I was, well, Pereira, those guys who we I love Jimenez were well. really good when they were young. Yeah. Well, Jimenez we knew and whatever, right? But Andres Pereira and Iwobi are two guys who we thought yeah. were really highly titled when they were when they were very young. One guy at uh, Manchester United, the other one at Arsenal. And then they kind of you know make, a, make several moves, they kind of lose their way, and they come back and they show that, hey, I have yeah, completely. I it's do. funny, Mark Ogden, in one of his um, dark late night texts that he likes to send, yeah. always football related, uh, says, it was like, oh, Premier League, like, other than City, who else plays good football? They're all rubbish. And I said, well, I remember texting back and said, it's down to the resources that they have. I'd argue it's not just City who play good, or play good football this season. I said, I would argue. For what they have. For, for what they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Brighton, Fulham, yeah. and I think Spurs at the time or whatever. Yeah, for um, sure. I agree. And, and, and I think Fulham have collected fewer points, or at the time, certainly collected fewer points than, than they deserve this year. Yeah, I agree. Gab, it seems that Ibra is set to join the Milan board. This has been talked about for a long time. There's, yeah. In Italy, as you know, we're, we're obsessed with having a, it's almost as if a, as alien as public facing directors of football, sporting director types are to the Premier League. We obsess over them in Italy. Right? <laughs> so one of the things is when uh, Paolo Maldini and Ricky Massara left last summer, Milan didn't really replace them. They got Jeffrey Moncada, who's a chief scout, to yeah. do the recruitment side, and the chief executive, uh, Giorgio Furlani, negotiates a deal, and, and everything's fine. But they don't have that. That football man, like Maldini was, that was public-facing, that would go and talk to people. And because we love to find reasons when teams lose, we like, ah, this is why Milan aren't as good this year. It's because they don't have that figure. Yeah, they and like so, that guy. I don't know if this is the role that Slatan's going to have. I can tell you right now, if Slatan's there just as an ambassador, he's just going to be like, you know, the Javier Sanetti or Emilio Butragueño yeah, in the situation. Yeah. That doesn't suit him. I think he needs to get involved, Jimmy. I in think way, to some degree, way. I yeah. hope they have sorted out. Okay, Slatan, these are your these are your responsibilities, and you're going to do this. You can't just have Slatan there as a figurehead because he's Slatan. Yeah, yeah. He, he 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 don't play that. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's also probably not exactly the right guy you want to have as a smiley ambassador for everybody. <laughs> just there for the there. photos, you know. Like. Yeah. So maybe will he have a bigger role with the team? Maybe to help Pioli somehow. Maybe I don't know. It's an interesting one. Um, it's good, I think. It's he really good. wanted to do this, and yeah. I think that's a big part of the reason why this is happening. Yeah. Granada versus Atletico Bilbao was suspended after a fan passed away during the match. They will play out the rest of the game this evening. Jules, uh, right? They had no, they had no alternative, right? Yeah, no. Massive. Uh, completely agree with with that. Gab, Atletic were one 0 up, but nobody would really care about that. No. Cardiac arrest in the in the stands. Really, really sad day. I think uh, for Spanish football in general, for everyone, you should not go to a football match and and never go home, whatever the circumstances. So it was the right thing to do to stop the game and to replay it the following day, like like they decided to do. Bologna win away to Salernitana and are joined fourth in the Serie A table alongside Roma. What an incredible job Thiago Motta is doing and Gab. Joshua Zergzi is a big part of the story. Six goals in eight games. He's and so good. Well, it's funny because I remember when when he was at Bayern, I'm like, what the hell is this? I did not think he was good. I said he just looked like 
you know, one of those big tall guys who has a little bit of technical ability yeah. but always makes the wrong decisions. Is always in the wrong place. He then moved. He went to he went Anderlecht. to Parma. He went yeah. to Andre. He scored a lot of goals at Andre. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know the team weren't were particularly good. Um, but he looks really good. People are even. I mean, I heard somebody compare him to a young Slatan, which I hope Slatan yeah. did here. Yeah. He's going to go and tear him a new one if anybody True. compares. And the hair is very different. And the hair is very different. It's interesting. Um, so Bologna own him outright. Uh, Bayern have a right of first refusal if he's sold, so they can basically match whatever the offer is. Having invested in Harry Kane and having Matistel there, I don't think Bayern no. are going to take him back. Definitely not. So I think you've got a guy who, if he continues on this path, and it's not just his goals. Yeah. He serves up a whole yeah, bunch of assists. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very good. He's so intelligent. He's just 22, and I think he's one of many reasons Bologna are doing so well this yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. Julian Nagelsmann is getting hammered in Germany for attending games with his girlfriend. Uh, his girlfriend, by the way, is a former football reporter. Yeah. Build. Jules, are you sca- as scandalized as those who call him I unprofessional? Un- I don't, I really, Gab, I don't understand this controversy at all. <laughs> What's the problem? So he can't go to a game. I, the next time that Germany have a game is in March. At the end of March, they will play France and Holland in two friendlies. So what, in mid-December, he can't go to a game? You know, the, you know the reality is? The reality is there are so many people who are so bitter about Nagelsmann. Yeah. And obviously... They were bitter about him when he left Bayern. They were bitter with him when he was at Bayern because many of these guys are former Bayern people. Um, they loved it when he took over Germany and Germany still stunk after he took yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking at the calendar like, yeah, we don't play again until the Mannschaft doesn't play again until March. We have nothing to criticize <laughs> Dagelsmann for. Let's find something else. What do you care so who bad, goes though. to the game with? Exactly. It's not like he's going to the game and playing Candy Crush the whole time, right? Or falling asleep. Or falling we've asleep, stuff, as, yeah. which we've seen too. Yeah. What do you care if he goes with his girlfriend or if he goes with the blow-up doll? Who cares? <laughs> it's up to I him, mean, right? The blow-up doll would be weird. It would but, be a little bit odd. Yeah. But you know what? But, yeah. He's an odd guy. Look at the way he dresses. Look at him riding his skateboard or his scooter <laughs> his to training. Like, yeah. Who cares? No, you I know, know judging for his work. I know, I know, I know. Giorgio Chiellini mm. played his final game with Los Angeles FC in that final that we mentioned earlier against Columbus Crew, which means that the rumors of a return to Juve in an executive role will start up again. Gab, would it be a good choice? And does he really want to finish his career to but retire? The dude's forty at some point. I know, but, but he might feel like okay, let's have another. Well, year. he looks at Dante and says, "Oh, if that guy keeps playing, yeah." If you look at well, our friend was it was a Hilton, Hilton right? Hilton, who's right? like forty-two or whatever it was. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think I would assume he's planning on retiring now. Um, would he be a good choice for Juve? He would not be my choice. Okay, uh, so Ibra okay for Milan, but Chiellini for Juve, no. Well, no, because we're talking presidency here. Yeah, okay. We're talking okay. like you know being chairman and whatever. And the, the reason he would not be a good choice is, and I'm not sure he's going to get it because first of all, if he was going to get it, if you remember. I think it would have happened when Andrea Agnelli was, 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 was yeah. forced out. I think Chiellini is too close with that regime, the Andrea Agnelli yeah, and stuff like mean, that. Okay, okay, who ultimately, yeah. let's not forget, they have, like, they've got civil proceedings yeah. against them uh, for fraud. They, it's the reason that they're not playing in Europe or whatever. Remember, it was his name on the text as, the, as a kind of like the, the, the club captain that, that did, did that, that deal with the players, with yeah. the bonuses and whatever. Um, doesn't make him a bad person, but no, for but that's me, a fair point. I like the other that's two options point. that were mentioned. Ale Del Piero, of course, former ESPN colleague of ours as well. For me, the guy I would shoot, I, I would go with 
maybe even more than Del Piero, uh, not because Del Piero's less intelligent, but because I think he's kind of lived the inside more, uh, because unlike Del Piero, of course, went to Australia and to the US, that man is, is Claudio Marchisio. I, I think he's yeah. I think he's a really, really intelligent guy. Uh, I think he's, he's Juve born and bred. He's actually a local kid, came through the youth academy. I think he's got a lot to give to Juve in terms of being kind of the the face of things. I don't know yeah. if they're waiting. I don't know if they're going to interview these guys. I don't know if they're going to hire anybody. But I think as a symbol at this stage, for me, Marquisio fits better than Del Piero. I think Del Piero would be, would be excellent uh, as well. Chiellini, I don't know, dude. You want to work in football, you, there's so many things you can do. I think it's probably better you start somewhere else. French law enforcement has banned Sevilla fans from traveling to the Lens v. Sevilla match uh, in this midweek, match day six. But they're getting help from an unexpected source and maybe they'll still be there. Yeah, it's a great story, Gab, I think, because as you know, after uh, what we saw in Nantes and the the fan, uh, the non-fan being stabbed to death, the, this, this big debate in France, what, what should we do with the way fans especially? So they're starting to ban every away team's fan to travel to to see their team to, to the game which a lot of fans around the country are challenging going to court and actually made you know made made those suspended we're talking about challenging entire groups of fans not challenge not not banning individual fans here yeah yeah so like PSG fan can't travel to yeah. Marseille you yeah. know etc uh, etc et and in this case the uh, French Home Secretary Jardamana also said listen Sevilla fans are not allowed to come to Lens they're not allowed to travel to the game to be there and the Lens Ultra was saying hang on a minute you, you announced the decision on Sunday night or around the weekend, yeah. when a lot of Sevilla fans have already bought their flight, bought their tickets, bought their hotel to come and watch their team in a big game because this is a game that will qualify you or not for the Europa League. I, one of those two Which teams. Sevilla always win anyway. Yeah, true. So the, the Lance Ultra are saying, you know what? We're going to let those fans in, even if they take our seats in our end, and we're going to show you that they can, we can have away fans and home fans and everybody's happy and it's a great atmosphere and there's no fighting, no problems, nothing. And I really, really love that from the Lance fans. So let's see what happens on, on Tuesday. It's Tuesday early kickoff, so the 5.45 kickoff. So we will see. But this is a, a very good response, I thought. I from the absolutely Lance love this story. I know, obviously, ultras, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad mm. with them. Uh, they're, ordinarily, they get demonized, especially from certain portions of the Anglo press that don't understand the whole concept of ultra yeah. culture. But I think this is this is really special. I hope, pray, it doesn't turn into both of them taking it out on the police. No, which, yeah, no, which would be really bad. Um, and in fact, I'm going to make an appeal. Um, go I can't go to this game, but I might try to go. Lawn's not that far away. I can jump no, on the Eurostar. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and be I back. can get you tickets. Joseph Ugolion will get you tickets. All right. This is an idea that we just hatched. Yeah. It's possible. I, 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 just love to, I just love to see yeah, it. Yeah, I'd yeah, yeah. It's, it. it's worth going, I think. We told you in the last show how Santos have been relegated from the Brazilian top flight. And now, Gab, they've made a big decision about their number 10 shirt. Yes. Now, their number 10 shirt used to belong to this fella named Pelé. Yeah. Uh, obviously, other great stars have worn it afterwards. And they said... We're not, nobody's going to wear the number 10 shirt next season because the Santos number 10 shirt can't appear in the Brazilian second division. So nobody's going to have number 10 until we get back into the top flight. I love okay. the story. I love the idea of retired shirts. They could have retired the number 10 for Pelé a long time ago or when he passed away, for example. I, th I think the reality 
is that not many clubs have done this. I mean, Milan did it with with Franco Baresi, obviously. Mm-hmm. Napoli with Maradona. Um, I think Sevilla did it with uh, Puerta. Puerta, yeah. Um, I'd love to see more of it. Yeah. I think you can do this now. I'm surprised clubs haven't done it. I think actually the reason, having spoken to some people at clubs, the answer I got, oh, but we've had at least four great players who've worn the number seven shirt over the years. Who do we retire in honor of? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. That's not a reason not to retire. <laughs> like, no, seriously, if you're Manchester United, hey, look, you know, we had uh, the number seven shirt was worn by, by, by Beckham and Brian Robson. Who cares? Just say seven, right? Beckham, Robson, and best. And and George, yeah, that, that George Best fellow was pretty good too. And the other Portuguese guy, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can do all these things. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, you should do all these exactly. things. Exactly, I think so. Jules, that brings us to an end. But oh. it's match day six of the Champions League. You know I'm wearing these shirts, but Wednesday night is going to be tense. Ah, uh, Paris Saint-Germain against Borussia Dortmund. Is this where it all ends? <laughs> Killian's European adventure. Well, no, you'll still have the Don't, please, don't. You'll still have the Europa League. Don't. Well, it's not even well, true. You might not even have yeah, the Europa exactly. League. How about that? Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks. Predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group. And leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey. You never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.